This is CliffCentral.com. Yes, that's right. This is CliffCentral.com. Thank you for joining us, everybody listening and tuning in. Uh, this is a show that has been made very, very special and honored to have on the show is CliffCentral.com allowing proud pride factor. Now, pride factor is a life skills academy dedicated to improving the quality of the youth and people's life. You can also find out more about pride factor by going to pridefactor.co.za and on Cliff Central on Monday afternoons between three and four, there is a show which is called Inspired Youth, and that is what we're doing right now. We are going to inspire youth. We're going to make sure the youth have valuable information, and we like to inspire young minds and live the best life possible. So, in studio, we have got a guest that's going to be with us for the next hour or so, and this guest is absolutely amazing. He has blown the minds of people around the country. He's spoken around the country. But let me tell you who he is. His name is Joey Evans. Now, Joey Evans, you may have seen on the social media, we has done a journey. We call it from paralysis to Dakar. He was paralyzed in 2007. You couldn't walk. He wasn't allowed to walk. He wasn't able to walk. Not, not allowed to walk. We weren't <laughs> able to walk. And then in January of this year, he took on the Dakar rally on a motorbike. Now, he has done marathons, ultra marathons, hiked the Fish River Canyon, and done the Otter Trail, Roof of Africa Enduro, Race Botswana Desert Thousand. He's done a lot on his dirt bike throughout South Africa, Mozambique, Swaziland, Lesotho, Botswana, Namibia. The list just goes on and on and on. He's a sportsman, an adventurer, and an inspirational speaker. We're going to find out more about his story right now. Joey Evans, welcome to studio. Thank you very much for joining us here. Uh, cheers. Thank you. It's good to be here. Thanks. Yeah, it's so nice to have somebody who's gone through all this journey. I mean, you walked in here. I'm not trying to be funny, but you yep. walked in here. You went from paralysis to walking. We'll be, we'll be talking all about that. But we are here to speak about goals and the importance of meeting your goals that you have in your life. And we often speak about people who have these big, big goals and they can never achieve them. And something which I know that was very important for you when it came to your, your Dakar goal was your family. So let's, let's kick off by speaking about the importance of your family around reaching your goals. Uh, absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to, to be married to, to my true love, you know, my sweetheart, Meredith. And we've been married 20 years next year, and I have uh, four teenage daughters. So if you're looking to uh, looking for adventure, there's an adventure <laughs> right there. Absolutely. So you, your wife was very, very important in your family, obviously. Absolutely. You know, with any kind of big goals that you have, and any kind of things that you that you want to achieve, there's any anything that's worthwhile achieving is generally something you can't do on your own. You need support, and obviously your first place of support is family. So for me, family is huge. Absolutely, I agree with you. Now, before we continue, if you would like to connect with us, you can connect with us on social media. It's cliffcentral.com and also on Facebook, Cliff Central. And not forgetting, if you have any questions, you can use the hashtag InspiredYouthSA. Now, let's just take a step back very quickly, Joey, because I researched you. I went deep in and I went to go look at who is Joey Evans. Let's see what comes out here. Eh? So it said that you used to play with Barbie dolls. No, I'm just... <laughs> so the, it's, there's one section on your website which you concentrate, by the way, the website is joeyevans.co.za and you you always had a love for bikes speak to us about this love for bikes because not everybody wakes up and goes mommy daddy i want to ride a bicycle <laughs> you know so so what where did this love come from yeah for sure well as a kid i never spoke like that just to be clear and then um yeah you know i, I grew up you know loving loving all sports really you know i, I used to love soccer i used to love skating um, and, and all sorts of different things but um 
but I really liked the idea of riding motorbikes. You know, the thought mm-hmm. of riding motorbikes and racing motorbikes was something that I that I really wanted to do. I had some mates that had uh, motorbikes, but but funny enough, I didn't. I never had a motorbike as a kid. Um, and so what I did is we rode bicycles. And when I grew up, um, BMXs were super cool, man. If you had a BMX, you were you were styling, you know. Yes. And so you know, to ride BMXs was was really what we loved as kids. We used to measure how far we could wheelie by how many lampposts we could pass on the back wheel, and we used to build ramps in the felt and you know ride these little bmx tracks that we made yes, and you yes. know that's how we grew up but i had this goal to 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 ride motorbikes to race motorbikes um and so that it kind of started when i was young and it took me until i was 26 um before i had my my first my first motorbike you know okay. so it was all bicycles up until 26 when i started riding motorbikes yes yes i i had a, I had a red bicycle yep i tried it on half half one of the called those half half pipes yeah. half pipes yeah my goal was to do a full half pipe and flip over that, yeah. but that goal didn't get reached <laughs> what did get reached is on my elbows onto the road onto the road scraping all the time so my mom told me to leave the bikes alone <laughs> did your parents ever tell you to leave the bikes alone i, no, I think they were just glad i was out of their hair to be honest but um but no, I, i'm one of i've actually Actually, one of six children, so I come from a big family. So I had three brothers, and um, you know, with four boys in the house growing up, there was plenty scraped knees and elbows, and broke a few teeth on the way, and all that sort of <laughs> stuff. But but that's all part of it, you know. If you want to, um, you know, sometimes those things happen, but yes. you can't live ultra safe all the time, you know. You need to have those adventures and have those experiences. And I look back growing up, and um, you know, having the opportunity to to ride bikes um, in the felt and to you know all this sort of stuff, it was fantastic. I yes. wouldn't wouldn't choose it any other way. Yeah. So I've introduced you as a, as a sportsman, adventurer, and inspirational speaker. And if you, everybody's just tuned in, we are speaking to Joey Evans. He's going to speak to us about his journey from being paralyzed in 2007 to taking on the Dakar Rally. We're going to talk about the Dakar Dream in a moment. But just tell us more about the. You, you say you, there are lots of scrapes and things that happen. You lost teeth. Yeah. All your teeth real right now, right? <laughs> They're actually not. They're not real. Though. Okay. But when it comes to adventure, we, 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 speaking about the bikes, what, what other sort of adventurous things have you done? Well, growing up, you know, I, I loved adventure. You know, my dad, he's, um, he enjoys hiking. Um, and so he took me on a number of hikes growing up, um, where we, uh, you know, we, we hiked, uh, you know, the Fish River Canyon and we did all these hikes all over. And, and so I, I kind of, grew to have a love for the outdoors um mm. where I, I love camping um you know and hiking and being in the outdoors and that kind of stuff and there's so much adventure yes. to be had and it kind of started like that and then as i got introduced to motorbikes and and that sort of stuff the places we have in in especially in southern africa where you can where you can ride and the places you can go is just incredible and as soon as you get on a bike for that first time and you go and ride somewhere like the Richtersfeld or, yes. or like pongola um you know or, or these sort of places where you ride through the mountains in lesotho or, or the drakensberg or the bovianskloof and you know these fantastic places it's like your mind is just opened up um, yes. and and you realize there's so much adventure and so many places to go and things to do and it's just oh it's just fantastic yeah it's like when you reach a certain goal in your life and you find another goal to reach as well yeah. so you get that satisfaction of reaching goals so you go and on one hike you do that hike you go okay my next goal yeah. is to do the next hike well that's it you know you do it you do a hike just a two-day or a three-day hike and it, you kind of get a taste of it or, or even a two or three-day ride and, and you think man this is just incredible place and then you want more and, and i love the whole um you know like adventure survival kind of side of things you know and so then to take a bike and um you know i did a solo trip for for about six days all the way through um lesotho and down wow. down the coast and stuff you know and it was just being on your own in these kind of places 
is just incredible. You know, and you mm. can find these things in many different activities. It isn't just riding motorbikes. You know, if you're into running, um, you know, you go run some of these marathons. You know, I, I ran a marathon um, through um, Pumalanga a number of years ago. And yeah. it was, you know, before I broke my back. And it was just incredible running along next to a stream and just through the mountains. And there's so much out there that you can do. So what I'm gathering is here that, that through all your adventure, you found a great appreciation for the land we live in and for, for, for actually going to see all these places. Shop left, you know? Incredible. You know, we, we really, we don't realize that you see the European guys come over here and they're like, wow, this is incredible. And it's stuff we take for granted. Yes. And also we live in the cities. We go to, on holiday, we often go to like the big sort of tourist places. There is so much we have in this country. Um, you know, just get a little bit out the way, get out of the city, you know, go up to the Northern Cape, you know, go up to, um, um, you know, you know the Drakensberg, these kind of places. It's just incredible. We, we really, yes. we, we live in a gold mine more than just what's in Joburg. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, you are listening to Joey Evans on CliffCentral.com, and Joey Evans uh, is completed the Dakar Rally, the only person to complete the Dakar Rally on a motorbike during this year in January 2017. So let's speak about the Dakar Dream. How did this Dakar Dream come about? What what happens? I, I was sleeping my, and I wake up and I'm go, not going to wake up going. Okay, I want to jump onto a motorbike and drive through all these places, take on all the elements on a motorbike, and let me just go ahead and do this. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're slightly crazy. You. <laughs> slightly, maybe you're slightly crazy. Oh, that's it. You've been talking to my wife. I can tell. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it is. It's, um, you know, I, I grew up enjoying adventure, enjoying the outdoors, and then I enjoyed racing, um, you know, motorbikes and, and doing enduros and off-roads and that kind of stuff. And then I came across this race called the Dakar Rally. And when I first heard about it, it kind of combined the racing of motorbikes, the survival, um, the outdoors, faraway countries, all of this stuff into one big epic event and and I saw this and I was just like yes that kind of brings all my passions together in in this big race that's considered the toughest you know yes. off-road race in the world and I just said yes that's that's exactly what I want to do but at the time um, I was in my late 20s you know and I was married and I already had children mm-hmm. and to go and do a race like that would have cost me the equivalent of probably three years salary to, to be able to do it so it simply was was impossible at the time yes. you know what, what sort of costs are we looking forward at a Dakar rally now now you know to do the Dakar this year cost um, just just the race without your bike anything 1.1 million rand so you had this massive massive goal which you had to reach in order to get to the Dakar rally uh, but everything changed for you yeah on the 13th of October in 2007 Tell us about that quickly. Yeah, that's it. You know, I had this goal to race Dakar and it was a bit far to achieve at the time, but I still did a lot of other races, you know, the, the roof of Africa and desert races and this sort of stuff in here in Southern Africa. And, um, just with whatever I could afford to pay for myself, I wasn't sponsored or anything like that, you know, and, um, and I, and I started doing some of those races and I was doing well in the, in the local championship. Um, I was lying second, two races left, really, you know, wanted to push hard and, and mm-hmm. get a good result at a race. And the flag dropped and I just went for it. And in that first corner, I had another rider go right into the back of me. And the other, and obviously I came off really hard and had other bikes ride over me as well. And I was unconscious. And when I came around, I, I couldn't feel my legs. Wow. Now, if you had to take a step back there and you say you couldn't feel legs, you said a lot of other bikes rode over you. Mm. Never had a bike ride over me. <laughs> you are still sitting here. 
Yeah. You opened your eyes. What were the first thoughts in your mind? Well, the first thoughts is I was like, ah, oh, I've obviously crashed because, you, you know, when I woke up, my helmet was off. I'm facing the sky. There's all heads kind of peering down around me. You know, people had run across the field, um, you know, when they saw me crash. And, um, and, and I, at first I thought I was just spitting dirt out of my mouth, but it turned out to be a lot of my teeth. I'd shattered, uh, you know, 12 of my teeth in the accident. And, um, and then my legs just fell and I, you know, they were kind of propped up a bit and they just fell when someone stood back and I just realized, yeah, there's just nothing there. I can't feel my legs. And I told the paramedic then I kind of whispered to him because my wife was out and wanted to hear it was all a bit scary. And I later learned that what had happened was I'd broken my back at T8, T9 was the vertebras that I broke in my back and I'd crushed my spinal cord, um, which left me paralyzed from, from the chest down. Phew. Yet you are sitting here today. So you had this goal to go to the Dakar journey. Yeah. That didn't stop you. Breaking your back did not stop you. Yeah. If there's anybody out there that has a goal and then have you, have you ever seen that caption that says, what's your excuse? Yeah. <laughs> this is an example of what's your excuse. You complete the Dakar, but first tell us more about some of those obstacles and challenges that you had before you reach that goal of the Dakar journey. I mean, there was funding you mentioned, yeah. and I know that you have to qualify or something Absolutely, like that. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, you've got to remember that day that I crashed and broke my back and was paralyzed was 10 years ago. Mm. And so it, it's been a long, long, hard slog. But I lay there in hospital right in the beginning, and I thought about that goal to race the Dakar rally. And it was just way too far out of reach now. You know, lying in hospital, completely paralyzed. The doctors have said, look, you're not going to walk again. You know, at best, you've got a 10% chance you'll walk. And if you do, you'll walk really badly with AIDS, you know. And so, as in walking AIDS, you know. <laughs> yes, be clear, yes right? walking AIDS. Walking AIDS, everybody. <laughs> um, no, you don't get that from crashing bikes. But, um, and so then it was, um, you know, to... To lie there and think about a goal that's so lofty and so so big was just unrealistic. You know, mm. at the time, if I could just walk, if I yes. could just sit up, if I could just stand, you know, that would be fantastic. You know, that's really all you want. And so the goal of Dakar was so far away at the time and unachievable. But I lay in that hospital bed mm. and I thought about that goal. And mm. I thought, man, you know, it would be so incredibly cool to to be able to recover from this enough to go and achieve that goal and it became the thing that drove me it became the thing that drove me to with the physiotherapy and all that sort of stuff as we went along and what my injury was it turned out to be a t8 t9 incomplete spinal cord injury oh so what that means is that i've had a, a chance to get some recovery and so as the years passed, you know, I did learn to stand again. I did learn to walk again. And then I started uh, riding bikes again. And I started... Whoa, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. <laughs> you, have a, you have a bike accident and you get back onto the bike. Yeah. Well, I can tell you the day I first rode, rode a bike again. You know, I, I saw some of my mates in a field and I went over to them and... Um, and uh, he was like, come on, you want to give it a go? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And he was like, no, I was just kidding, you know. And I was like, come on, help me get on. And they had to push the suspension down at the back and help me lift my leg over. And I got on this bike and I pulled my leg up to try and kickstart it. And I just fell over with a bike on top of me because I just oh. couldn't hold it up oh. with my legs. And as your buddies are like, you know, they don't feel sorry for you. They just kind of point and laugh. And then they eventually picked the bike up, picked me up, helped me get back on, started the bike up for me. And off I rode. And I rode just a couple hundred meters, you know, but to not being able to run and jump and not having legs that work properly, but being able to twist that throttle and just move completely free was just incredible. Yeah. And I knew that day that 
that I was going to ride again. You know, yes. it, it physically, yeah, there's a lot of challenges and it's and a lot of risks you run, but for your mind, mentally, it was just incredible. Yeah. And um, and so yeah, I started I started riding again. I bought a second hand bike. I got the suspension lowered. I cut all the foam out of the seat so I could get my feet down, <laughs> and um, and I started learning to ride a motorbike again. Yeah. You know, so 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 you had the accident. You went. You had a goal to start standing, start walking. And then your friends t- taunted you with the bike, and you get on the bike. <laughs> yeah, let's blame it on them. I like let's that. Blame let's your go friends. with that. Yeah. And then you, you, you again got yourself another bike, and obviously that's where this Dakar dream started. That's right, yeah. So after my friends tricked me into having a bike, um, then I started to uh, to ride again, and um, I started to race again. You know, the first races I did, I was just time barred race after race. Um, you know, I, it was just terrible, and I was at the back, and I was. I was being lapped by guys that mm-hmm. I used to beat, and so it was very humbling, and it was very difficult to to kind of be right at the back again. And but you did it and stuff. You did it. You did it. <laughs> exactly that. And I made. I learned a big lesson, and the lesson I learned was that I'm not racing the other guys anymore. You know, I'm racing myself, and I think we we all do that. So often in life, we compare ourselves to other people. You know, how much money they have, or how how good they are at different sports, and we and we kind of like set our goals compared to others, and those are the worst goals. You know, the best goals are the ones where you look at yourself and you set the goals to challenge yourself and and what and what you want to accomplish what you want to overcome please say that again it is beautiful <laughs> i'm going to i'm going to start quoting joey evans and say joey evans said <laughs> that's fine just credit it eh? but um but the, no it really is you know that day i learned yes that i'm racing myself and at the end of the day lots of life is about about racing yourself wouldn't you say so palessa yes palessa agrees Bridget, would you agree and Joey obviously in the grease because he, he, he said it. So, you know, I, I've, I've read some of these stories about the Dakar rally and I've read about qualifications. I've also heard that you had not a smooth journey towards qualifying towards Dakar. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I worked at this goal and as you go along, you got this big goal and you start walking again and you start, you know, I started riding bikes again, started racing again. I went from being at the, you know, stone last to, to, to starting to finish races. Um, to, to doing longer races, three day races, four day races. And I was really working towards this goal. And, and the goal is starting to look like, Hey, you know, this might just be achievable. I might yes. just be able to pull this off. And then, man, it was, uh, nearly seven years after my accident. Um, in, uh, in 20, in 2014, I was racing along at the Pongola 500, um, racing my bike through the, through the felt and, and a cow stood out just in front of me. And I didn't even have time oh, to break. There's a cow. And I just, man, I just hit this cow. I like to call it the cow attacked me. But, um, yeah, I just, I just totally, you know, cr- you know, T-boned the cow for, for a good uh-huh. pun right he there. T-boned there you go. the cow. And, um, comedian as well. <laughs> and wow. then, yeah, and I was just a mess and I'd, I'd torn my whole triceps, um, off of my elbow and I'd broken ribs and separated my collarbone and I'd, my whole arm was torn open down to the bone and it was just, man, I was a mess, you know? And so I lay there in the dirt for a few hours, you know, I was pretty remote where it happened. And then I was transported up to Richards Bay and spent a week in hospital there and then back to Joburg and more operations. And it was, man, it was miserable. You know, you, you're working so hard at a goal and, and, and you feel like you've kind of overcome so much and you, and you, and you're like, man, I deserve to achieve this. And then you get kicked down again. Um, 
and that was hard to deal with, man. Yes. It was oh, that was tough. So how do you how did you then overcome being kicked down? I mean, because I mean that okay, it was a cow, which is quite funny, yeah. but quite <laughs> sad that you had to hip like T bone the cow, yeah. as you say. Yeah. How do you overcome that? Because you know, often in life we have these goals we want to achieve and we always have these obstacles. It may yeah. not be a cow, yeah. but there are obstacles. So how did you, as Joey Evans, overcome that? Absolutely. You know, I was miserable, man. I was miserable for a long time. I was walking around with this cast on my arm. I've got this anchor, you know, that's now drilled into my bone, holding my triceps on. And, and it's just, man, it's just hard. You know, you just start. And, and if you, if you're not careful, you start feeling sorry for yourself. Everyone's got issues. Everyone's got problems. Everybody has challenges on the way to achieving their goals. And I needed to just get my head right. I needed to get around this. And that's when I did that, that solo ride all the way to Cape Town. And, um, and I got my head right, you know. I started yes. thinking about my goals and stuff, you know. And um, and I thought, you know what, you know, I felt like a bit like a boxer. And I was like, no, you know, I'm not done yet. I can I can go a few more rounds, you, you know. Let's 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 keep going. And I came back just more motivated than ever to chase to chase yeah. Dakar. You you mentioned in that little but that you, you did a solo ride to Cape Town. Yeah. You hit a yeah. cow. You break your arm. Yeah. You've just started walking and, and riding again and you did a so what is that what is that about? No, that's that's you know, can I tell you, riding motorbikes is not the best thing for your body. Let's get that out there. You know, that's <laughs> that, that's a given. You yeah, know, I do it. There's a, <laughs> there's risks and there's all of that, and it is, it's exactly that. But for your mind, it is incredible. And you know, to ride along for hours through the Karoo, um, through the Tankwa through the, you know, through uh, places like the Bovianskluf, through the Drakensberg Mountains or Lesotho is just something beautiful and just incredible. And wherever I got, I just, I just stayed wherever I got, you know, um, each night. And, you know, I had my little tent and everything on the back of my bike. And, and that's what I did. And it was just, it was an adventure. But it was beautiful for my mind. And Mm. I came back just motivated, motivated to chase goals, motivated for life, motivated to just be a better dad, a better husband. And just, I just came back so pumped for life. And sometimes you need those little like breaks to get your head right, you know? Yes. Okay. Now we, we speaking about the qualifications to get to the Dakar itself. So Mm. you did, you have to do a couple of things in order to get qualified to enter the Dakar. That's right. Yeah. You have to earn your entry. So what happens is about six months before the Dakar, you submit a CV of all the racing you've done, where you place that sort of stuff. And you also have to do an overseas race, an international rally. Um, and then you submit your CV and you just hope for the best, you know, hope they pick you. Yeah. So Dakar rally is not just about getting on the motorbike or in the car and hitting the road and going all crazy. Uh, we're in studio with uh, Joey Evans. Joey Evans, he overcame p- paralysis and he conquered the Dakar rally earlier this year. We're going to speak about the rally itself in a couple of minutes. Don't forget to send your questions. You can send your questions through by the WhatsApp line. That number is 079-748-2090. You can also tweet us. That's the hashtag InspiredYouthSA. We can take a musical break so we can drink some water and calm down a bit. And we're going to play a song now. This is going to be ah, Sanal. Akanamali, love it. Thank you. What a beautiful song, Akanamali, Sanal musician featuring something so wet. I love this. I, I like the songs particularly because if you say the name of the artist incorrectly, it's Sunil. 
And that's like my name. So you're listening and you're tuned in to cliffcentral.com. Thank you very much for connecting with us on the social media platforms and also sending in your, your comments. Uh, we are in studio with Joey Evans. You can see his website, joeyevans.co.za. This is the Inspired Youth Show. Uh, compliments of Cliff Central. Thank you very much for allowing Pride Factor the opportunity to have the show every Monday between 3 and 4. Now, Pride Factor is a, is a life skills academy, and you can find out more about that going by going to the website, pridefactor.co.za. And Joey Evans, as mentioned, is in studio. I believe we have somebody that, oh, that did connect with us, and we, or a couple of people actually. And this is Earth Wave 2015. What a story, Inspired Youth SA. Absolutely, what a story, and the story does continue. So we spoke about Joey Evans going to go and do this Dakar rally. He had this Dakar goal. Um, you know, he was paralyzed in 2007 and 10 years later, he decides to get on a bike and tackle one of the toughest rallies probably on the earth. So let's take us down to the rally itself. Now we at the Dakar rally. Yeah, you know, on the, you know, I got the, I got to tell you, I got that email to say that I'd been accepted, you know, after I, after I qualified racing in Morocco. And, um, when that email came through, I was just like, man, that was just incredible. But I got to tell you this before we got to the Dakar rally. Yes. Is that I did not have that 1.1 million rand to, mm. to race. You know, I had to raise that money. And, um, but I had this entry and it had taken so many years to get this entry, so many goals to get just the entry that I wasn't about to let that's standing in the way. At the yes. end of the day, it's just money. And so, in the six goal months, was 1.1 million. Exactly. And we had six 1. months. 1.1 million. That's, <laughs> there you go. And we had to, we had six months in, in which to raise it. And I sat down with my wife and I was second guessing a lot of stuff. And she was like, no, we've been through so much. We can do this. Six months. We'll do it. We'll, we'll do it together. And can I tell you, in six months, we raised 1.1 million rand. Absolutely. We did, we did all sorts of fundraisers and raffles and, and like evenings and, and races and, oh, we did so much stuff. We sold t-shirts and hats and, you know, some rhino horn. <laughs> no, 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 we didn't. No, sorry. We didn't sell any rhino horn. But, um, but we just did whatever we could to raise this money, you know, yes. and, um, and we got it. We yeah. got it just before. It's you all know? about that goal. You know, you yeah. have that goal, 1.1 million. And when you have a goal, you got to put steps in place. Exactly. So you, you, as you said, you sold yeah. caps and you'd had dinners and fundraisers and all those kind of everything, things. Everything, everything. And my daughter sold raffle tickets at these sun, at these fundraisers and stuff. And it was just incredible. And, um, and on the 2nd of January this year, you know, I lined up at the start of the Dakar rally in, in South America in a, in Asuncion, Paraguay. And pulled up on that start ramp and the crowds there are just huge. You know, yes. South America are just crazy for racing. And just to hear them cheering and then they announced your name of the loudspeaker and it was just like, man, we got to the start. Yes. And, and that was just, just huge in itself to be at the start, you know. Yeah. Because that, that was your goal. Your goal was to get to the Dakar rally. Exactly that. You and know? you got there. That, that was it. Yeah. So, so you know, I've, I've I'm gonna be. I've never done the Dakar rally, yeah. so and I'm sure many people listening haven't done the Dakar rally. So, but what? How long? How many days is it? What is the actual experience like? Just tell us yeah, more about that. For sure, the race is about nine thousand kilometers long. Okay, and it's mostly off-road racing. You know, through deserts and mountains and rivers and valleys and all that sort of stuff. Um, and you have thirteen ah, days. The adventure part. That's exactly ah. it. That's it. There you go. Um, and it's so it's thirteen days to race nine thousand kilometers. Now to give you an idea. 
here in terms of distance, how far that is. 9,000 kilometers is about the distance from, from Joburg to London as the crow flies. So, so that gives you an idea how far we're racing, you know, um, over two weeks you cover that distance. And so it, it's, it's huge. And each night you have a certain place you stop at and it's called a bivouac. And a what whack? A bivouac. Okay. And there you go. And, uh, and you, st- and it's like sort of a big tented sort of area, you know, and you, and you'd sleep on a truck, you know, I slept on a truck, uh, you know, my team's truck or guys would sleep in tents and that sort of stuff. And while you're sleeping, your mechanic will work on your bike and the next day you get up again and you race again. And each day you're covering about 800 kilometers, you know, anything from, from 700 so to d- 1200 you, kilometers. Did you have daily yeah. goals of kilometers to yeah. reach or what? And just to, just to remind everybody that's listening that, that Joey Evans did this on a motorbike. Yeah. Yeah, you do. You have these daily goals. And if you, if you don't reach the, the distance in one day, you're out the race. What? You know, it's pretty, it's pretty ruthless, you know. Um, on average, you know, between 50 and 60% of riders finish the race. So, so it's pretty slim, your chances, you know, of finishing. You have to, you have to get through every day. Um, to give you an idea, the race has been going for, for 39 years. Mm-hmm. And I'm the 10th South African to finish the race on a bike. You're the 10 South African, and I, and I am correct for saying you're the only South African to complete the race on a motorbike this year. This year, yes, correct. Okay. Yeah. So, okay, so you're on your bike at the Dakar Rally. What sort of challenges or obstacles are at the Dakar Rally? Obviously, the, the 9,000 kilometers, the 13 days is a challenge enough. For sure. But you, you had the goal to get to the Dakar Rally, but obviously you being Joey, your goal is not just to do the Dakar Rally, but to complete the Dakar Rally. Exactly that. You know, when I stood on that start, you know, I'd achieved this goal of getting to the Dakar Rally. That's, that's exactly where we're at. And for the first time in 10 years, my goal changed. And on that start line, my goal is now to finish this race. I've got to get through these next two weeks. You know, I've got to firstly get through them alive. Um, you know, there's been 70, 70 deaths in the 39 years at the rally. Wow. Um, and so I, my goal is to get through this race alive and, and to finish it, you know, to arrive in Buenos Aires, Argentina, which is where the finish was. Um, that was the goal. Now, the dangers that we have each day or the challenges is obviously the distance. You know, there's crashing. You know, you can crash yourself. You know, where you can crash hitting rocks and trees and riverbeds and all this sort of stuff. It's Please high, tell me you never got speed. You never had any crashes. Though. I'd like to tell you that, but we'll move along. So, <laughs> um, the, no, there was, there was so many things that can happen, but, but an added danger is you're racing with quad bikes, you're racing with cars, and you're racing with trucks. Now, the trucks are like cars on steroids. These things are massive. You know, the wheels are like, up to your shoulder, you know, um, they're, they're, they're just huge, massive eight ton behemoths that just race through the desert. Yes. And so there was many, many close calls along the way. There was many other riders that I saw badly injured, you know, um, I helped load, um, one of the other South Africans, there was three of us who started and one of the other guys, David Thomas, he broke his leg, um, badly. Um, you know, really just shattered his leg and, and I helped to load him in the helicopter on, on day four or day five. Um, and it was just, it was horrendous. You know, there was another guy on a quad who went off a cliff and just went rolling right down the mountain. He, wow. he was alive, but he was medevaced out. Um, I saw guys with broken legs, broken arms, um, a guy with a broken leg where the bone had come through the skin. And, and you kind of see this horrendous stuff around you, this carnage every day. And you kind of help this guy out with the medics and stuff. And then he goes off in the chopper. You get back on your bike and you start racing again. And it plays heavy on your mind, the dangers and the risks you're taking. You think about your family. You think about, um, you know, your future. And it's, yes. it, it, yeah, it's, it's that, that was one of the big challenges is, is facing the danger of the race. Yeah. Now, in case you just started listening at cliffcentral.com, we are in studio with Joey Evans, who completed the Dakar rally.
at the beginning of this year on a motorbike and it's not that simple he actually was paralyzed in 2007 and January this year he took on you can connect with us on social media by using the hashtag inspired youth SA also cliff central come on Twitter and cliff central on Facebook now you mentioned that at the start of the the, the, the rally itself you you said you that was your goal to get to the rally and then goals change yeah. now along the way you said you'd like to tell me they weren't any accidents yeah you know when you're racing you know the, the type of racing it is you're sleeping very little you know there were some nights I had one hour of sleep wow. or, or three hours of sleep you know and so there was on average you're sitting at about four or five hours of sleep every night and you're on the bike for for often 16 to 18 hours you know sure. and so so you're just completely fatigued and you know I can obviously I can ride a motorbike pretty good and everything but but when you're so tired you start making mistakes and when it's high speed things can go wrong very very quickly and so it's not a case of if you're going to crash it's a case of when you're going to crash wow. and um and yeah there were crashes along the way some of them not bad you know and you know sometimes you just drop the bike in thick sand you know at, at jogging pace kind of thing you know or stuck in the dunes and that kind of stuff and other times i mean there was one i had on on day i think it was day 10 or 11 um of the 13 days and I just overshot a corner. I just wasn't making the corner and I just hit a massive rock and I went flying over the bars and man, I was just so incredibly lucky that I landed in a massive big thorn bush and it just, but it was like a big cushion, you know? And so I landed and the bike landed on top of me and completely winded me and we kind of both rolled out the bush together, you know? And the bike was pretty messed up, but I, but I got it fixed up and I managed to keep going. Um, you know, but I was stone lost. So, so in the rally, I and was, you are stone last night. You, you still have a certain distance which you have to cover on on that day. Oh yeah, that's right, John. Now, that day there was still I think 500 kilometers I had to cover, um, but uh, I was stone lost. But I, I got the bike working and off I went and I carried on. But I finished that day um, stone lost in the bike category. So there were some cars and trucks behind me because they start after us. But um, but but stone lost. And so the second last day, yes, I started the rally um, right at the back. You, you know, just just lost. Um, and what happens is they let the first rider leaves at 4 a.m. And then they let all the bikers go. And so I was the last biker rolling out of the bivouac that morning. And um, and then after the last biker, then they let the cars go. And then they let the trucks go. Now, the cars and trucks are generally a lot faster than most of the bikers. Mm-hmm. And so we get passed by these cars and these trucks every day. And it's incredibly dangerous yes. when these guys pass you. But we have a system. Um, and they press a button on, in their vehicle. And it makes an alarm go off on your bike. So you're racing along and your bike just goes, like that. You turn around. You have a look back. You can see the car or the truck um, in the distance behind you. And um, and what you do is you pull over to the side of the track um, and you stop and you let that car or truck just come past you and you just go, whoa, just fly past you, kicking up rocks the size of bricks and stuff, you mm-hmm, know, and mm-hmm. it's just completely no visibility and all the dust. And you wait for it to clear. You make sure there isn't another vehicle and then boom, you just carry on racing. And so we face this danger every day. And I'd been passed, you know, a couple of hundred times by cars yes. and trucks and each time it's scary and each time it's like get your heart going and it's a close call and but you you get through it um but then something just incredible happened um on incredible good or incredible bad because well, i noticed you you got a you got a quite a few accents yeah uh, that's it you know you know this kind of stuff that's what adventures are about yeah. and that's what big goals are about yes. if if you got this 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 goal where it's smooth sailing all the way and it's and it's 
yeah, it's, it's nice to achieve it, but there's no sense of achievement. There's no adventure. There's no like, there's no, there's no substance to it. There's no challenge. Exactly. You want that challenge. You know, you want that adventure. You don't go to South America to have a smooth race on tar and, and just to ride in fresh every day at lunchtime and, you know, have a big meal. That's not what you're there for. You're there to ride in the night. You know, you're there for dust and yes. dirt and, yes. and wide open deserts and high altitude passes and, you know, switch back mountains. That's that's what you're there for. Okay, so you know? tell us about this incredible thing. I'm waiting for. It. All right, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> so what happens is I'm racing along and I'm in this deep rut, you know, and the alarm goes off on my bike, and I turn around expecting to see a vehicle, you know, 200 meters back, which is normally what it was, and there's this rally car, and this rally car. These things are huge, you know. It's like, um, you know, they weigh several tons, and it's just doing double my speed. And it's just, it's just probably 20 or 30 meters behind me. And so I've literally got like three or four seconds to just get out the way of this car. And I'm in this deep rut and I try to turn and I can't get out the rut and the car is just on me. And as I lean over, I just dive right off the bike and, um, and the car just completely flattens my bike. He just no. rides straight over my bike on the second oh. last day and my bike is just stuffed. All right. So now we know that you did complete the Dakar Rally this year. Your bike was completely, quote, stuffed. Yep. What did you do? Well, what had happened was that we have three petrol tanks on the bike and it ruptured two of them. So all my petrol just was out all over the, the sand. All my bars were bent. My exhaust was completely flattened. My whole right foot peg was gone. The whole frame was broken and twisted. Um, you know, the bike was, was, was just completely, completely unrideable. It's kind of like a write-off kind of status, you know. And the car stopped a few meters, you know, about 30 meters. The navigator kind of stood one foot out the car and gave me a thumbs up. And I was like, no, you know, mm, mm. got back in the car, warm, off they went. And I was just there, left all on my own in the middle of this dark desert environment in the middle of Argentina. Um, we're on the second last day of the Dakar rally that's taken me 10 years to get there. Yeah. You can imagine, you just, man, it, it was hard. Um, and, uh, and I phoned my wife because I had a satellite phone with me and I phoned her up and, you know, she's lived this whole dream with me, yes. you know, and we talk about support and the support she's been and the support she is. And, and I told her, look, you're not going to see me passing these waypoints on the computer at home, you know, because this is what's happened. And, and she just cried. And it was tough, you know, and we stood there and, and we were miles apart and just sharing this moment of tragedy in a way. And, um, and I just thought, you know what? It's been 10 years to get here. Yeah. It's been all these things, all these challenges. There is no ways, there is no ways I'm going to give up this goal with a day and a half to go after 10 years. You got to be kidding me. I've got to make a plan. And I dragged that bike out of the track and I stood it up. And I just did what I could to try and get it to fix it. And I took the whole exhaust off the bike and, um, and I disconnected all the broken wires and I disconnected the petrol tanks that were damaged and, and, and I got that bike working. So without a foot peg, riding with one knee on the saddle and one, one leg on the foot peg and my legs still don't work properly. You know, they, I can walk and stuff, but I can't run and jump and that kind of stuff. So it was a battle and I'm stone lost in the rally and I just kind of zigzagged through the felt, um, you know, through this kind of semi arid environment, um, unable to navigate because all my instruments were broken and stuff. Yeah. And, and I just thought, you know what? Even if I don't get to the end, you know, I'm going to get as far as I can. Yes. And at that point I had, 660 kilometers to still ride that day so i was it was miles and miles to go and i rode for probably another 30 k's lost a couple of hours 
and I was stone lost and it's looking like this race is over for me. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm riding, but I'm a dead man walking because I'm out this race. But you had this goal you know? in the back of your mind. For sure. For sure. And then the most incredible thing happened. This is good incredible, right? This is now good incredible. <laughs> okay. And there in the middle of the semi-arid desert place in the middle of Argentina was a KTM rally replica motorbike. The same motorbike as mine, just parking there. And what had happened was the bike belonged to a Colombian rider and he'd had a massive crash and he'd broken his arms and so he'd been medevaced out with a chopper and so his bike was lying there waiting for the sweeper truck to, to pick up his bike. And you were like, hello. <laughs> exactly. I was like, we're going to do some shopping. <laughs> and uh, and I'm not allowed to ride his bike. You know, you have to finish on your own bike, but you can use parts of other bikes. That's in the rules. And so I was like, right, let's get shopping. And there was a couple of guys from Argentina, three guys on their old dirt bikes, like kind of following the race, the mm-hmm, spectators mm-hmm. in the middle of this environment. And they helped me and we, we stripped the exhaust off the bike and we stripped the whole cradle for the foot peg and we siphoned the petrol out of this bike. And we popped it all on mine and I got this bike working. And by now it was like sort of three or four hours behind the second last rider. So I'm stone lost by four hours now, you know. Now the only rule at Dakar is you have to reach that bivouac, yes. you know, that nightly stop before your start time the next day. Okay. My start time was four o'clock the following morning. So I had to get there before four in the morning. And I rode that bike through the night and I just rode it through that desert. I rode it through the mountains all alone. Um, and I just raced those next 660 kilometers without seeing another biker. And I pulled into the next bivouac at, at 11 minutes past two the next morning. Wow. In the dark. And you know, then I had one hour sleep and then I raced 800 kilometers the last day and, and finished the Dakar rally. High five. High five. <laughs> What an amazing, amazing story. In case you're wondering what's happening, we're in studio with Joey Evans who complete the Dakar rally. He went from paralysis to riding the Dakar on a motorbike this year. It took him 10 years to reach the goal. He got to the goal of the Dakar, met a couple of accidents during the Dakar, and then finished off as the only South African on a motorbike, and that was at the beginning of this year. We're going to take another musical break very quickly because Joey has got a book that he's just written, and we're going to speak a bit about the challenges around writing a book. And don't forget, you can connect with us on cliffcentral.com, also on Twitter using the hashtag InspiredYouthSA. Thanks very much for listening. What an amazing story. Let's go. This is DJ Sabu, and remember, when it rains. Jusabu and remember when it rained. Lovely, 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 lovely song. Always going to be one of those songs that goes down in history. Now, we are listening to cliffcentral.com. We've got Joey Evans in studio. Uh, you can send through your comments and also your questions on, at, using the hashtag rather, inspired youth SA. 
inspired youth there. So, so Joe, you took us through the whole story of going through the Dakar rally and how you reached the goals and all the goals you've been setting along the way of the Dakar rally and all the challenges you had as well. And you've come out with a book. You've got a book now. Yeah, that's it. You know, I got back from the Dakar and I never thought in a million years I'd write a book, if I'm being honest. And uh, the opportunity came to, you know, I'd been suggested to me a couple of times over the years, oh, you should write a book, you write a book, obviously from being paralyzed, learning to race again and, you know, doing some of the, the races here in Southern Africa. Yes. And I always like, yeah, 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 but but after going to Dakar and um, and it finishing the way it did, you know, with the with the rally bike and, and, and you know, finding the other bike and stuff, I just thought, man, i got to i got to write this down. And, um, and so the opportunity came up, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to do it. I must say that it looks very sexy on the cover of his book. Yeah, I do. It's, it's, it's a valid like, point. It was photoshopped because. <laughs> <laughs> so the book is called From Para to Dakar, and you can, they can get this online. Is that, is that correct? On your, on your website? Yeah, you can get it. Yeah, it's in exclusive books, and it's in um, uh, you know, a, lot of, a lot of good bookstores around the country. Um, also available on my website, which is joeyevans.co.za. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, they can get it anywhere. Yeah, and it's, it's a book that... You know, I was offered the opportunity to use a ghostwriter, and I decided, you know, I woke up in the middle of the night. It was, must have been one or two in the morning, and I just thought, you know what? I'm going to write this book myself. Yes. And I just started typing, and, you know, it's a, I ended up writing the whole thing myself. I wrote with two fingers, um, which is the my, my typing skills <laughs> is two fingers, and so you can write a book with two fingers. But there again, you <laughs> had a goal to write the book, and well, you did it. it, and here you are published as well. And you are now doing inspirational speaking too, and, uh, and you said you were quite nervous. When you started speaking, absolutely. You know, I mean, for anyone, you know, you talk to big crowds, and you, you know, the first time being on radio, you know, a few months ago and stuff. It's all, man. It's 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 just, it's intimidating and it's scary and it's, you know, you always worry about stuff, but you realize that, you know, you're not going to let those fears get in the way. That that you got a goal and you've got a place to go and you want to move on in your life and you've got to you got to get out of that comfort zone and you got to go live and you got to go do the stuff and it's been so rewarding and it's taken me a long time in my life to learn some of these lessons and I hope that the guys that are young learn the lessons while they're young to to learn that you can you can do big things um you can do things that you're scared of you can do things that intimidate you or or, or that type of stuff just start working at it get cracking set your goals set your mind to the goals and you can achieve them for sure. sure. Now, I want to also congratulate you on something. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I believe you're the Off Track Rider of the Year Award 2017. You won that award. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's something that he doesn't speak about very much, but there we go. You know, you, you've reached all these goals in your life, and I, and I thank you very much for coming in and speaking to us because. You know, often, as I said in the very beginning, we, we set goals and then we have all these challenges along the line. We don't have people to support us and we meet obstacles, whether it be funding or whether it be paralysis. And then you don't get to follow through with the goals, but you have proved that following through with these goals is something that can definitely be achieved. Absolutely. And also, when you to achieve these things is not possible without friends and family and support. And so I'd like to just... You know, say be grateful for all of that because I'm truly grateful for those that helped me and also be the person that's supporting others in achieving their goals as well. You know, it's not about who supports you, it's about who you're supporting as well. Absolutely. CliffCentral.com, this show is called Inspired Youth. You can catch it on Mondays between 3 and 4. Joey Evans, thank you very much for joining us here on Cliff Central. Oh, thank you. Pridefactor.co.za, Inspired Youth essay on CliffCentral.com. Thank you very much, everybody. Absolutely inspirational. This is CliffCentral.com.